The topic that I chose for tonight is about selfishness uh, because... Is it positive at least? Yeah, very positive. The positive side? Very positive. Okay. Um, very positive. I um, and it was really in honor of, of Jared's friend who, uh, who didn't show. But this is the audio file for Jared, Jared and Emma. Because Jared and Emma just got married. Hooray. Congratulations. Jared, Jared's friend. Jared, no. Jared and oh, someone else. Different Jared. Okay. This Jared's going to get married soon, really. Really soon. Wait, he is Jared. This is another, this is another Jared. Oh, okay. Now, uh, concurrently, my sister uh, got engaged over the weekend. <gasps> Mazel tov. Yes. yes, she's 21. Wow. And that's when I had my first kid, so, so she's still behind. She's uh, she's 21, and she got engaged, and I'm going to mandate my new brother-in-law to listen to this class, because, because self-centeredness and being selfish is the worst thing, or the most um, challenging Characteristic that you have to get rid of before you engage in in that kind of relationship, and uh, the reason why, which it uses as sort of a, a prelude, the reason why being selfish is so bad for long term relationships is because the idea of of a long term relationship, primarily, especially uh, a marriage, is where two people unite and two people share their lives together. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've always given the definition of love as expansion of oneself to include someone beyond oneself. I've said this a thousand times, right? You expand yourself to include someone else. Me doesn't mean just me. Me means me and my family. That's who I am. Now, if that's a definition of love and marriage is, 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 is rooted or is influenced or is a big part of the marriage is, is love, then obviously the challenge that we're going to encounter if we're going to be successful in our long-term relationships is being selfish, being focused on myself. Being focused inwardly, only caring for my for myself, and not and, 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 and not and not for anyone else. What's wrong with that? No, it, it's nothing wrong with it. Especially if you want to live by yourself. But if you want to include someone else in your life, <laughs> we, we talked about this uh, a few weeks ago. I, I mentioned it, but I didn't tell you how to do it. Oh, oh, because this is no, this is no the 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 discussion of love, which I don't think I gave here. But uh, the discussion of love is all about, about no? is all like about one or whatever. Yeah, the difference talking. between love and lust and uh, yeah, 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 that's, that's what that's what you only that's what you right. yeah. five scenes. Yeah. I, I that's right. Well, that's right. okay, whatever. <laughs> These things are all like meshing together, right? <laughs> interconnected, interconnected. But uh, mm-hmm. but I mentioned we think together. that the the, the number <laughs> one um, deterrent for love is selfishness. And like I've said a thousand times before, a small child rarely wakes up to tend to her crying mother, right? It's always the opposite. Because children from day one, we're innately focused on ourselves. We care about what, what we want, and we, our whole life is trying to accomplish what, what, what we need and what's, what, what feels good for me, is good, you know, good for humanity, good for society. Yeah. And when we meet other people or we want to build relationships with other people, we want to see them. And we have to care for them. And when something bothers them, it's important to me, and it bothers me as well. How do I do that? I have to learn to break out of my shell of, 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 of self-centeredness, of focusing only on myself. Now, I want to point out that the, the Talmud says, this is just a, a side note, um, or a sidebar, or a, um, a byproduct of being self- selfish, is that you can't have a relationship with the Almighty. 
which is what the Talmud makes this brilliant uh, connection, that the way to get emunah, to get faith, is while becoming less selfish. Why is that? Doesn't make any sense. We think of selfish as something interpersonal, while faith is something man and God. And uh, the way it was described by my grandfather was that when I open up a window in my life, in my soul, in my heart, to see other people, that window is open to see God as well. If I'm only focused, if I'm, if I'm really focusing right, only on myself, focusing on myself, not only can I build, can I, can I not build a relationship with other people, I can't build a relationship with God. Oh. With God. Which is, which is, which you is, learn to, to basically consider other, consider, you know, yes, yeah, open up. Now, but the problem is, is that, okay, so we know that um, being, uh, being selfless is really important, mm-hmm. very important, the number one, most important thing in relationships uh, and also in, 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 our, in, our, in, our, in our quest for faith. But what I want to talk about tonight really is how do we get it? How do we get uh, self, uh, selflessness? And I wanted, uh, well, it's a small crowd, so we could be a little bit more interactive. Than we, than we normally are, but I want to, well, Ron's here, so we're always going to be interactive. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, so how do, we, how do we become less selfish people? And I had a brilliant insight, in my opinion, um, related to how to do this. So um, I, I think, so I asked my brother today, I worked with my brother, and I asked him, say, how do you become less selfish? So what did he say? He said, do acts of selflessness. You care about yourself. You're selfish. You're self-focused. You're, you're worrying only about yourself. Self, kind of right. right. So, <laughs> so if you're focusing on yourself, if you're caring about yourself, if you're looking, at your, looking out for yourself, start looking out for other people. Mm-hmm. Right? So yeah, you, you want to take care of yourself and you feel only good. It only feels good when you take care of yourself. Start, start taking care of others. Start caring for others. Start praying for others. Start worrying about others. Start... Seeing other involved people involved in your community, try to help involved in other causes to help some, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, um, an example of this would be is that let's say if 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 you don't like someone, you dislike someone, you want to like them. So how do you do that? You 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 try to give to them, you try to care for them, you try to pray for them. By doing that, you're noticing them, you're engaging with them, you're seeing them. And, you, and you'll start liking them, and um, we'll think you're making yourself less of a self-centered person, more seeing other people. That was his idea. Mm-hmm. I have a totally new idea. And this is what I want to present here tonight. So I want to start with the most famous verse in the entire Torah. What's the most famous verse in the entire Torah? The most famous what? Verse. Verse. Pasuk. What's the most, most famous Pasuk in the Torah? Bereshi. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? What's the most famous verse in the Torah? I am. Oh, uh, I am the Lord your God. I'm the Lord your God. Well, I mean the Shema. Yeah. Uh, well, Shema. You think the Shema is most favorite verse in the Torah? Shema, Shema is in the uh, Torah. Shema, of course, Shema is in the Torah. Where, where is it? It's in. It's in uh, Deuteronomy. In what? Deuteronomy. Dvarim. The Dvarim. Dvarim Shesh. Deuteronomy six. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Come on, what's the most <laughs> what do you say, Stephanie? <laughs> and God said to Moses, I don't know. It's not repeated by 
I'm going to say it, and everyone who's going to agree with me that I'm correct. You should love your neighbor as yourself, okay. right? That is the most famous verse in the Torah. But I, I would put it together with Bereshit and You ask, you ask, why, why is it the most famous? Because everyone knows it. You but ask, everybody knows Bereshit and everybody knows No, uh, saying, even the non-Jews, the non-Jews, they only know love your neighbor as yourself. Everyone knows it. All non-Jews know it. Everyone knows it. Love your neighbor as yourself. It is the golden rule. Yeah, Yes. Well, they Everyone try. knows it, yeah. and like I said, it's like so, it's obviously it's in Leviticus 19, right? Leviticus, Vayikra. Yes. Can you say it in English? Vayikra. Vayikra. No one knows what Vayikra means. <laughs> <laughs> Leviticus, Vayikra 19. Vahatol Kamocha. You love it as yourself, and like 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 Jared pointed out, the Talmud in the Gemara in. Masachet Shabbat, in the Tractate Shabbat, 31a says that the fellow came to Hillel and he said, he says, teach me all the Torah, I'll read Elachas on one leg, and he says, uh, uh, oh, this doesn't quite say Vatrach he says, that that you dislike, don't do to your friend, right. which is a play in the words of Vatrach um, So it's a famous um, verse in the Torah, and there's a few major, major problems with it. Yeah, what happens if you don't love yourself? Well, that's. Uh, I don't think that was the problem. No, that's. Well, no, that's <laughs> that's um, what happens if you know? Sometimes we can be our most biggest critics. So that's a good point. Was because uh, that, that that that's a that's a very good point that Jonathan is bringing up. You love your neighbor as yourself. Means if you don't love yourself, you can't possibly love someone else. And I agree with that one hundred percent. People who don't love themselves are incapable of lo- loving others. And that's a totally true point. Uh, you have to love yourself if you want to love others. Um, but uh, there's two there's two structural problems with this uh, with this with this verse. And problem number one is that if you take a look at the at the, at the Talmud in Bavansia 62a, the Talmud there uh, gives a very interesting scenario um, where you have you're walking in the desert and you have a pitcher of water. Mm. You're walking with your friend and you have a little water bottle and you're you're dying of, of thirst and there's only enough water. For one person to survive. So what do you do? So the first opinion of Ben Petur says, what you do is you split the water and you both die. Second opinion says, Rabbi Kiva, v'chai achicha imach, chayecha kodum achicha. Your life takes precedence. It's your bottle of water. You have to save yourself. And this is the way, this is the way everyone agrees. Everyone agrees in the end that everyone agrees that we have to save yourself. I am more important than anyone else in the world. You have to take. You have to take precedence. Uh, you have to. Um, you're more important than anyone else. How could the Torah tell me? How could the Torah tell me? You shall love everyone as much as you love yourself. Well, the Torah tells me specifically. No, 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 no. You have to love yourself more than anyone else. There's a blatant contradiction, right, Miriam? You love yourself first. But when the circumstances allows it, then you love them as much as yourself. You just you survive. First. You're trying to finagle out of the problem. Trying to, yeah. So this is a question. Almost all the commentaries are stuck with this problem. How could I be told to love everyone as much as I love myself when I'm specifically told that you're the most important? Who will I have to worry? Who do I have to worry about the most in the entire world? Myself. 
and everyone has to worry about themselves. And I don't care if it, it means if it, if it comes down to you versus someone else, you have to save yourself. You have to care for yourself more than anyone else. Well, so I how can you see that the Torah is backing down on that because it makes me feel much more comfortable? You know what? <laughs> but but for evolution, you know, what about like, like, like your parents were in the desert, Rogers only one bullet Okay, but it's remember, the Torah is telling us you have to love all humanity. All humanity. You have to love, for sure, Jews. You have to love them as much as you love yourself. Really? But what if I'm walking with him in the, if I'm walking with him in the desert? I have to love myself. I have to love myself more. I have to care for myself more. Because in practical terms, I have to take precedence over everyone else. This is a major problem. Everybody sees the problem. I can see that there's a problem. There's a major problem. What do you say, Stephen? Problem. <laughs> I mean, I'm just wondering. Okay. Like, okay, supposing you have, like, you know, like, God forbid, you know, you're with your, you know, with one of your siblings, your son, daughter, whatever, and all of a sudden, you're in that situation. Now, in that situation, if, if, in that situ- situation in the desert, you're entitled uh-huh. to give, if you decide you want to be altruistic, and you want to give your, your water to the other guy, you're allowed to do it, but you're not obligated to do it. According to the first opinion of, uh, in, in the Talmud, according to Pepper 2 in the Talmud, in it, but with CS62, A, you have to split the water. Mm-hmm. You're obligated because you, you, cannot, you cannot bring about that your friend dies. That's what it says. Mm-hmm. According to the second opinion, which is the opinion that we go by, it, the, 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 the answer is that you are entitled to give it to your friend, but you're not obligated to. Why? Because your life takes precedence. So if it's your brother or your cousin or your kid, God forbid, but right? Your, like, I'm thinking like, like son or daughter, not brother. Like Let's say son or daughter. Because you love, you love your child. You know, I'm saying son or daughter versus brother. Yeah, because you love your children. And can't no, 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 no. Not, not just because of that. But because of like for evolutionary reasons too. Because. You know, because would it make sense? You know, the thing is, if, you, if, you're, if your children don't survive, then who's going to be able to uh, procreate for the next generation and for generation to generation to come? Okay, but... I'm saying the the point doesn't really matter. It means you love your children for whatever reason, but you're entitled to do. If if I'm working with uh, with anyone, I'm entitled. Mm -hmm. But the point is that I'm not obligated. The Torah says you're obligated to love your fellow as much as you love yourself. It's an obligation, Mm -hmm. right? Right. But it's not really technically true. Or is it not true? Is it not enforceable? Like I mean, like no, forget about enforcement. What does the Torah really want me to do? Does the Torah really want me to love love my fellow as much as love myself or not? On one hand, it's telling me that yes. On the other hand, it's telling me no. So that, that's a major problem with this with this most famous verse in the Torah. Problem number two, which is not as much of a uh, structural problem as much as it is a aesthetic problem, and that is, it seems strange, odd, peculiar, unique. Uh, bizarre, absurd, uh, anomalous, is that a word? Um, to tell us, uh, it's a strange, um, uh, it's a strange measurement of love. If I want to tell you love something a lot, I would say love something a lot. Uh, so much, so much. Yeah. Why does it say if to love your fellow as yourself? Why is it giving this strange qualification Strange provocation. How much? You have to love your fellow. How much? A lot. How, how much a lot? So much like yourself. It's a very strange requirement to tell me that I have to love, I love someone so much, but how much? I love myself. It's a very 
funny way for the Torah to tell us the degree with how much I have to love my fellow is as much as I love myself. Does that make sense to that question? I would say that the ultimate love is... It's just saying degree of loving yourself because obviously no. you care about yourself. So if you need to care about someone else as much as yourself, basically it's the ultimate level. So you could be right, and probably and probably you are right because it means what do you love more than yourself? Nothing besides for God, right? You love God more than there's yourself. only one thing that I can think about that maybe. Because I think, I don't know if the Torah took this into account. You would say that you love your children maybe even more, more than yourself. I was amazed, yeah. yeah. So then, well, maybe no, no, but, no, but maybe the Torah's requirement is only to love as much as you love yourself. Not, 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 okay. not more. Don't, don't love your fellow as much as you love your kids. Love your kids more. Because your kids, no, nothing can take over your so, kids. So, 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 so I think the simple, the simple, yeah. Yeah. the simple explanation, the simple explanation is... Uh, like what you're saying. So, as much as you love yourself, that's what you have to do. Basically, if you're going to go to the store and buy yourself whatever, now you want to do kindness with your friend, you want to buy him, like, I, don't know, I don't know, schnitzel. So you buy your skin schnitzel because that's what you buy yourself. If you buy your kids, I don't know, veal, you don't have to buy that. That's a degree you don't have to go, right? But don't, that's just, maybe, maybe that's what Ron is saying. I don't think he's correct. Uh, but the, uh, an additional explanation was brought down by Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Nassim C. Finkel. The, he's known as the Altar of Slovakia. He lived, he, he lived in the earlier part, in the latter part of the 19th century, earlier part of the 20th century. And he said a brilliant insight. He says, why does the Torah tell us I can love my fellow as much as I love myself? It's not quantity. It's not how much. How many units of love do I have? Well, for myself, I have 37 units. How much love do I have to give to my fellow? Also 37 units. That's not what it's saying. It's saying the quality why do you love yourself? We all love ourselves. Why do you love yourself? Do you love yourself because it's a mitzvah to do so? No. Do you say, oh, well, the reason why I love myself is because I was told, I, I was commanded to do so. No, no, you love yourself because you love yourself. Because you just, you, you, you feel like, you, like it's natural to love yourself. Our job in loving our fellow, our job in loving our fellow, it's not to love him because it's a mitzvah to do so. Hey, listen, I can't stand your guts. But the Torah says, I have to love you, so I love you, even though I don't want to love you. No, 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 that's not what it means. Even though you're not lovable. Even though you're not lovable, right? <laughs> so I, I love you because I'm told to love you. Speakable person. It's, it's kind of like, it's, it's like when, you, when your parents force you to make friends with someone. Yeah. Like you have to be friends with this kid. You know, it's, we, we need it for business purposes, right? You're forced to be friends with your cousin. Like you don't want, you don't like them. You're just different kinds of, right? It's like, well, I have to love you, so I love you. Fine, what do you want to do? I don't know. Let's play, uh, I don't know, pinball, right? <laughs> right? That's not the love the Torah wants. Don't love your fellow because you were told to love him. Love him because there's self-interest in, in place. No, that's not the, kind, not the kind of love the Torah wants. Right. It's not telling you how much to love him. It's telling you how to love him. How... What kind of love? Don't, should, shouldn't it be a love that was forced upon you? Listen, I don't know what to do. I have to love you, so I love you. Hey, how you doing, Jared? I love you. How you doing? No, I love you because I really genuinely, genuinely like you. I care for you. You're important to me. So uh, that, is, um, that is one explanation. That is one explanation of, 
<laughs> it's translation of why it says to love your fellow as as much as or as yourself. It's not telling you as much as yourself, rather it's telling you just like you love yourself, plain out of love, love your fellow just plain out of love, right? Uh, but I have a third explanation, and this is how it's going to relate to to selfishness, and that is that is like this. So. Um, let us recap. This is just this is the this is the point of the night, Ron. I want to hear just this point. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's fine, it's fine, sorry, it's fine. This I'm is sorry. fun. We're trying to have fun. The point of the night is like this. We're trying to figure out how to not be selfish, right? That's the goal. Um, so we have we have Ron, we have my brother who say, look, you want to be, you, you want to be selfless? You know, act selfless. Do acts of selfless. So I see Ron. I really want to keep it for myself. Right? Don't give one because I want to be. I, I don't want to be selfish. So nice and, and give it back. <laughs> right? That, that that that's what we're told. That's a simple way to get less selfish. I want to say a different, totally different. Just, we have to be selfish, and we have to stay selfish. But we have to. I have to love Ron Kamoha, like I love myself. What does that mean? I have to love Ron and everyone, every, every Jew for sure, perhaps all humanity. I have to love them because I feel like they're a part of me. The way to love Ron or, or Dana or Jonathan or Stephanie or Jared or me is the proper way to do it. It's not to say, you're someone else. This is who I am. And I'm going to cure for you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to love you. No. Instead, what you should say is, you're part of me. I'm gonna, ex- I'm gonna expand myself to include you. So yes, I'm gonna be the most selfish person around. But what is that person? That person is me and Jared and Stephanie. That we're part of that person. We're just talking in the beginning of the yard events about people that do not say hello. So we need to understand that we're all a part of the same community or a part of a bigger something. It's not just me and you. Yeah. We are something that is us. That's you, right? That's basically we're all parts of this the same of this yeah. of something that we're just a part. I'm a part of it. You're a part of it. This is how we should mm-hmm. relate to one another. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying like this. I'm saying my brilliant insight of the week was that not only am I telling you to not act self selfish, not only am I telling you to not act selfless. I'm saying you have to be so selfish. You have to only care about yourself. But, but what's myself? It's everyone else. You, you're part of me. Right. Yeah. right? I, when I, I'm, me includes not just me. It includes you and right. you and you and you. Because I love you. Yes. And when it says you have to love your neighbor as yourself, what does that mean? You're only loving yourself. Like Jonathan says, we're loving ourselves. But what is myself? Mm-hmm. It's not just me, my body, me. It's my whole family. It's my community. It's my friends. It's the entire Jewish people. It's now, uh, a way to hit this point home is that in, in the Torah, the way a great man is described, a great person. What's a great person? How do you say a great person? So in, 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 in English, say great. You know, his, 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 his qualities, that he's a great person. The way we say it in Hebrew is Adam Gadol, a large person. Large person. What does that mean? You could be a small person. This is me, mm-hmm. right? And you're a small person. You're not. You're not. You're not all that great. When you're large, it means that you includes other people. That's what it means. That's that's what greatness means. That 
the, the person is great. The person is the person is great because he's large. Why wasn't he large? He incorporates more than one person in himself. And when the Torah says, Vahaftu Rakhamakh, the Torah says, love your neighbor as yourself. What does it mean? You're loving yourself. But just like you love yourself, you're loving your neighbor. Why am I loving my neighbor? Because my neighbor is part of myself. I can make it that when my neighbor feels pain, I feel pain. Why? Because he is part of me. Not the freaky way, but he's <laughs> but expansion of oneself. I'm expanding myself. It's not just me. We know the Torah. The Torah describes a um, interesting uh, anecdote uh, with Sarah, Sarah, our matriarch. So she had a name change. From Sarah, from Sarai Sarai to Sarah. Sarai to Sarah. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, Sarai. Her name originally was. Her name originally was Sarai. Right. Why did she change it? Her name was originally Sarai. Her name was really Sarai. And God says, no, 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 you're not, you're not Sarai. Right before she's about to, to, to bear Isaac, yes. her son, she says, no, no, your name is not Sarai anymore. Your name is Sarah. Why? So uh, the commentators explain, because Sarai means Sarah Shali, my minister. If you're going to be the one who's going to be the matriarch of the Jewish people, you have to include everyone. You have to be an expansive person. You have to incorporate other people. You can't be my minister. You can't be self-focused. You can't be focused on yourself. You have to expand yourself to include someone beyond oneself. We have to try to make it if we want to be selfless. You don't have to try to change your nature to see. Naturally, we're all inclined to only love ourselves, only care for ourselves, only focus on ourselves. From day one, we said, children care about themselves from the beginning. We're not trying to change that. Don't try to change your nature to make yourself more a benevolent person, a giving person. No, that's not going to happen. Or not going to happen as effectively. What you need to do is to change the way you relate to other people. You have to relate to other people as not external entities, but rather part of who you are. You have to expand yourself. You have to not be my personal minister. I want to be Sarah, the minister of everyone. Um, what do you say, Jared? You don't, you disagree? No, I think you're. I'm, I'm, I'm expecting to face some resistance with this. No, but I think I think you're spot on. But I think at the same time, uh, the idea that to find that through through works through action, uh, it's maybe just a means to an end. You get to the same result. <laughs> no. That's not a bad idea. Means you're saying that these two theories are really two ways to hit the same point. Exactly. If someone's not selfish, why are they not selfish? Because they care for other people. Why do they care for other people? Because they love other people. Why do they love other people? Because they're because they feel like they're part of the same thing. Exactly. Exactly. But they, I think there is they, just a second. This after he changes Avram to Avraham. <coughs> Ron, did you ever, did you ever watch a uh, did you ever watch a movie in Japanese? Yes. That's what it sounds like to them, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Basically, what happened that it was Avram, Avram, and Sarai, and then when God makes the brief with Avram and Sarai, He basically changed both of their names from Avram to Avraham, and from Sarai to Sarah, and the Hey Abraham was really called Abraham. The hey is for Hashem, for God, basically to include God in their name, 
because to symbolize the brief with them. And what is and what does what does the Torah say about Abraham? Abraham, Av Hamon Goim. Which he is incorporating. Exactly. That's the same idea. This is before Isaac. This is just before. This is when God telling, "I will give her a son." Wait, before this, I will give her a son. So before, so he's letting her have a child. Is that what it? Is no, it's just before. The, just before the, Abraham and Sarah are about to undertake uh, the the foundation setting of the Jewish people. Right? Abraham wasn't Jewish. <gasps> But Abraham's oh, children right. and progeny would be Jewish. Oh, right. Correct? Right, 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 right. We don't look at Abraham. Right, right. Abraham is called Abraham, Abraham HaIvri. It's called the Ivri, the Hebrew. But when he's going to lay down the groundwork. No, don't let me. Sorry. No. He's trying to lay down the groundwork. To lay down the groundwork for the Jewish people. They have to become expansive people. They have to become people who are not selfish. But how do they do that? Uh, Abraham is become Abraham. Why? Because that signifies Abraham Ogrim, he's the father of many nations, expansion. And Sarai was just was was, was focused on herself. She um, expansion once uh, she expanded herself to be the minister of everyone. But I, I'm trying to think if, if these two points are mutually mutually exclusive. Because Jared's trying to say that maybe the way so how do I expand myself to include Kusum beyond myself? So you're saying maybe by being by being selfless. By being selfless. Or acts of selflessness. Acts of selflessness are means the, the disagreement to be just purely academic. Correct. It's academic. Now, now I will say uh, a true act of selfless selflessness is a lot harder to come by because a lot of times uh, the, the true intent of why somebody does something for somebody else is not always as pure and selfless as you might hope. Mm. You know, uh, I'm going to volunteer at the local food pantry because it's going to look good on my job resume. I, like, okay, like it's it's not saying it's bad. Like that's not bad. You're still like doing something good. Your health. You're you're you're, you're doing an act that is by all accounts uh, selfless. But the intent is not there. You're also getting something. You're, exactly. No, but, but so, so you're saying that some people do acts of selflessness, but actually not be not be altruistic. Exactly. But I, but I, I, I think that they could do acts of selflessness and not be altruistic. That's what I, I And that's you. a good thing. That's what I'm saying. I why? Okay, why? And that's why. Like, that's why. Like, I tell you what. So let's let's say I, uh, I don't know. I want to give you something. But I have this a hard time. I let, right. I, I want to give you. Um, I have a friend who's living in Israel, who's a Torah scholar, who is a lawyer actually. Uh, but right now he's struggling financially. Um, so I, a different friend of mine is trying to solicit, get money, raise some money to help him, to help help him out. Now, let's say I really, really love my money, right? So it's hard for me to part with the money because I'm giving it to someone else, right? That's the challenge we have in, in charity. Because you like your money, you want you want to, you want to have as much money as possible, and it's hard, even though there's a good cause, to give it away. But if you just feel like if I feel like my friend in Israel is is part of me, he's an extension of me, so I feel like I'm giving my right back to the left pocket. It's not altruistic at all. 
He's a byproduct of me loving other people and making them feel like they're part of me. Right. Is that selflessness is much easier. It's not a struggle of us to be selfless. It doesn't have to be a constant struggle. It doesn't be like, oh, it's so hard for me to love you, to care for you, to give you stuff. I'll do it anyhow. It doesn't have to be like that. It could be. It's like giving stuff to my kid. I love giving stuff to my kid. Right. Right? It's like if Jared and I ever went out for lunch, and we're trying to get Jared to go out for lunch for a while, but we'd always have a fight who's paying for it, right? Because I would want him to pay for it, and he'd want me to pay for it. Right? No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, but let's exactly. say you go out to lunch with someone, right? Mm-hmm. You go out to lunch with someone. This is a good example, right? And there's always this uncomfortable who's paying for it, right? Unless, unless, unless it's clear who's paying for it, right? Yeah. <laughs> Has anyone ever had that experience? You're at lunch with someone and you don't know who's going to pay for it and it's, and it's a little uncomfortable to like... Drink up uh, with a friend? With a friend or with a colleague or with an associate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Stephanie had it. Thank well, you. First of all, when you were with a girl, obviously it happens more. Right. Cause, no, because then what? The viewers accept that the man pays. It happens. Like, oh, I, I got it. I got it. Oh. <laughs> when you're with somebody, with a colleague or somebody who's like above you and then are they going to pay for me or not? <laughs> no, so... <laughs> no, but that's... Uh, Stop into that she had that experience. So now... Ha, ha, so how did you go about now, that? Now, whenever I go out to eat with my kids, which doesn't happen that often, but I always pay for it. And it, <laughs> Now, it's not painful for me to pay for it. Why not? Because I paid for my own meal. So this is this one that I ate. That's what my kid ate. My kid's part of me. If I really love you as much as I love myself, I would, it wouldn't be painful for me to pay for your... Exactly. Because I feel like you, you and me were, were part of the same... It's the same meal. Exactly. It's the same meal, but it's... It's you and me. Or we look at... like To me, like, give me my excuse. Like, passing from one part to the other part. So I think the benefit maybe of, of this of this outlook is that this would be this would be a challenge. Why is life being selfless? Why is it be such a big challenge? Why is it be such a struggle? I've been selfish for a hundred years, and now you want me to be, be selfless, and it's a challenge every time. And every time you want to, well, I think I think part of it, and correct me if I'm wrong, you know, part of society uh, teaches us to be selfish. You know, and it comes from it comes from a lot of times, and I think we start, it comes from parents. Like my my whole life, my parents have said, and then I would say this is the case for uh, most most people of our generation: is you are you are special, you are unique, you can do whatever you want to do, follow your dreams. You know, yada yada yada. And ingrained in us is this idea that it's okay to be selfish. Now, how you're, I, you know, granted, like, I'd like to think that I took that and ran with, with it one direction, but a lot of people maybe take it and run with it in the complete opposite direction. And say what? And say, oh, I am going to be selfish. Like, I, whereas I see, like, yeah, I can, you know, do all the things that I want to do, but at the same time, because I'm able to do that, I have an obligation responsibility. and responsibility to, to, to do for others as well. If that makes sense. It does make sense. So I think, I mean, and that's, like not, that's not necessarily like a new concept. But I think our generation in particular is... We're, we're, we've been... We've been, we've we've been, been, we've been, we've been programmed 
to be selfish. Well, I, but I think every child naturally is selfish. Even before I, before I got to talk to this girl, exactly. she, you know, she wants the biggest piece of the pie because she, she, she's a child. Every child's like that. Right, Miriam? Everyone's like that. Everyone's like that. And that, and that, you know what? And that could be a good thing. You can build on the selfishness. But who are you selfish for? Think about it this way. It's, it's, it's much more of a global, global initiative. If I if I want to be less selfish, right? So I want to say, so if we if we use the the, the, the method of being doing acts of, of 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 selflessness, so it's a challenge for me, but I'm gonna give it to you anyhow because I want to be less of a selfish person, right? But that in itself is selfish. Huh? That in and of itself is selfish. No, no, making yourself a better person is not selfish. No, but like saying, oh, I'm gonna do this for you because I want to be less selfish. Yeah, because like, that right. the change is a selfish, right? Right. right. The, the, the change is going to happen to me, right? Exactly. I'm going to become more of an altruistic person. I'm going to be. I'm not going to care about you anymore. I'm going to be a better person because I'm being less selfish. I'm not going to care about you at all. Right. Exactly. <laughs> My feelings for you haven't changed, but you know, I'll even go. I'll even go to um, to American friends of Hamas, uh-huh. and I'll give them the biggest gift. Right. Doesn't matter who I'm giving it to. I, 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 as long as I'm not being selfish, I'm not. I'm not. Not hoarding all my money. I'm not hoarding all my all time, my time or my advice. Right? I'm, I'm selfish. I'm selfless. But I'm not necessarily engendering love between me and other people. I can become the most selfless person, but not love anyone. But I do think that that probably these two these two ideas. These two ideas probably work well together in tandem. Uh, the idea number one of, of becoming less of a selfish person by doing acts of self uh, of selflessness. It's a very hard word to say. Selflessness is this. Selflessness. selflessness. <laughs> On the other hand, it's also, it can't just be a, a, uh, a self-centric exercise. Um, and I can't just go to the American Friends of Hamas and give them a big gift and I'll be less selfish. Rather, it should also in tandem be the engendering of love and 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 and, harmo- and positive quality uh, feelings for the person, for the other people, and culminating obviously in me feeling their pain as much as I feel my pain. And uh, like uh, you know, Rondo's death when sometimes in the Intifada, Ba'aretz in Israel, so there were like bombs exploding every day. It was really terrible times. And you would hear. So, what would you feel? What would you feel when uh, when uh, what would you feel when you hear? Oh, a bomb exploded in a bus, and there's 22 dead. Right? It's a terrible feeling. Yeah, you, you feel bad for the people because you are. Yeah, but if those people, if those people are part of your family, how much worse is it? I never met. I, I never had anybody that I knew. That yeah, but let's say God forbid. But let's say God forbid with some part, somebody in your family. Very worried, obviously. No, let's say somebody in your family is dead. I feel sad. It's much, you feel much sadder, right? Because you don't love, you don't feel like that person, that anonymous person that you never met is part of you. But there was a, there was a, Rupchaim uh, Shmulevitz, he was a, he was a Rosh Yeshiva, he was the head of the Yeshiva, of the Yeshiva that I went to, and they once, they came into his room and they told him that, this is in the 70s, that six shoulders, six shoulders were killed. And he sat and cried for a half hour, straight. Because to him, these are my brothers. So what if I never met him under the name? But they're part of my family, and it's it's no different than if my, than if than if my than if my own if my own neighbor, friend, brother, colleague died. Yeah. 
means you could you could expand yourself to really include other people and even unseen people. That's the point. What are you saying, Dana? I agree with that. However, I feel that sometimes you do need to kind of draw like a line because you need to be able to kind of separate yourself. Otherwise, if you're working in like a specific situation, you're not going to be able to kind of. To be too blunt, you're going to be like too emotional, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not a nurse, no, but I, I like I understand. Like yeah. I would feel bad. Like, but you have to like kind of. Basically, what you're saying is that yourself. if if you want to be if you, know you want to be a uh, to if you want to be a uh, emergency like a room emergency you know. room yeah. you, you have to treat this you have to build a callousness like, uh, callousness crying over every single patient right, that right. passes. I, I you know I've said. The way the, the way surgeons have to treat patients yeah. is as if they're butchers. Yeah, it's, it's, it's meat, a thing and they have to have like it right. Um, surgeons is like they're like plumbers today, basically. Plumbers, they plumbers, plumbing work because they they deal with plumbing stuff in the body. Just you know, you yeah. take one tube out, put it one tube in. It has to be it's like all that. plumbing work. Seriously, yeah. just now. Uh, uh, but another point, I think, is a good point that they they remind me of. I appreciate that. I appreciate that, Dana. No, thank you. You remind me of something I wanted to say. Uh, and that is that um, ultimately, you have to care, care for yourself more than you care for everyone else. Remember, if you have one bottle of water, it's your bottle of water. Why? Because me, and obviously the me includes everyone else. I love everyone like I love myself because they're part of me, but obviously I'm the most important part of me. The Torah is never telling us you have to love the fellow as much as you love yourself, but you have to love how to love him. Like he's part of you. What well, part of you? A more minor part of you, but still part of you. I understand right. that. So I you take really precedence. Right. You, you take precedence. I feel like I do. I love every single patient. Like they're my own grandma sometimes. <laughs> right. <laughs> so uh, so that that's the idea. I think that I want to give a quick recap. Um, and especially those... those um, those two points. When, when, when we hear this most famous verse, love your fellow as yourself, what does it mean? As yourself means, A, number one, just like I don't love myself because it's a mitzvah to do it, I just have plain emotional positive feelings towards myself, so too when I love someone else, it shouldn't be out of obligation. It shouldn't be out of necessity. It shouldn't be out of requirements. Rather, it should be out of emotion. So how do I do that? I have to imagine that other people are part of me. We know that um, the, the the Talmud in Yerushalmi gives gives a description of revenge. We know in Judaism there's a the, the, we're, not, we're not supposed to do revenge. And the, the mission the, the, the Talmud says that uh, it's it's analogous to a man who uses a sickle. Anyone who knows what a sickle is? A sickle. What is it? Sickle. Does anybody here know what the word sickle means? Sickle. It's like a a knife. No, like, you, like the sickles, like icicle. No, no, like a sickle is a knife. You were correct the first well, time. Well, icicles, like... The, like the, the, uh, the logo, or the, the logo of uh, the... the thing that you... Cut wheat. Oh, okay. Russian thing. Yeah, the Russian, right. The communist uh, symbol is a sickle it. and a hammer. A sickle... So it's, yeah. Right, so it's, like, <laughs> so it's a circular knife, and you use it to cut wheat. You grab wheat, and you cut it. So let's... So, 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 so the Thomas so gives a story about a guy... Who was cutting this very sharp knife, and by mistake, his right hand cut off his left hand. Terrible. So his left hand gets upset. 
hey, you just cut me off. So the left hand picks up the sickle, cuts off the right hand. Huh? That's, the, that, that, that's, that's the example. And yeah, I think yes, to, to tell it again, I'm sorry, I, I didn't follow that. What? Man yes. is using a sickle, yes. and his right hand cuts off his left hand. His right hand cuts off his left hand? Yeah. With a sickle, with a knife. Let me say, he accidentally cuts his left hand off. Now his left hand is upset, is upset and the left hand picks it up and cuts off the right hand. Doesn't make any sense, obviously, right? Why? Because how do you take revenge against yourself? Yeah. So says says the Talmud. Similarly, I can't take revenge against someone else because we're part of the same thing. We're part of the same entity. Where is that written? The thing with the right hand and the left hand. It's, 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 it's the Talmud and Yerushalmi. I don't know. I can't remember exactly where it says yeah. it. But I can find it for you. If you want. The Talmud. So so that's the attitude. That's the attitude we have to. Uh, you want to love someone? How do you love them? Because you're part, you're really ultimately part of the same thing. Last week I went to actually uh, a Tanya class over at and uh, the rabbi he gave us excellent parable. I mean, it's, it's the story and, and, and it relates to what we're talking about. about selfishness is about this person, this couple who are married, right? Who are this loving couple and this. And the uh, the wife is uh, completely blind and dependent upon the husband for describing everywhere, describing you know the scenes where they happen to go. So he's able to describe exactly. They take he takes her on these magnificent vacations and describes how the beauty and everything in such great detail that she she envisions it as if she did have sight. But then uh, at one point she comes up to that. Oh, at one point the rabbi, uh, the uh, the gentleman tells her that we've come up with a new dis- they've uh, come up with a new discovery where they could uh, where they have these eye transplants and they could restore vision. Restore your vision. So after a while, they you know she was like, okay, where are you going to find this uh, tra- uh, this transplant? She goes, don't worry about it. I'll find somebody. Eventually, he ends up uh, telling her that I found the transplant. I found this person. I mean, I, I found this uh, transplant, and so let's. Uh, so he ends up going under the transplant and give. I mean, and uh, she. Well, anyway, what happened was actually no. Actually, I shouldn't have said anything about that. But point of the matter is, is that yeah, she ends up story? getting her eyesight restored. But he tells her that I have to be. Honest with you, I am blind, and of course, uh, he now depends upon her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's okay, but anyway, he depends upon her, and eventually, what happens is that she feels so uh, burdened by him beca- uh, because uh, for having to describe everything, she requests a divorce. While well, right at the, uh, of course, the husband tells her, "Okay, well." I'll grant you to divorce. I'll grant you divorce, but there's just one thing I want to tell you, and that is before uh, movies there are so. <laughs> anyway, is this the young and the restless? Yeah, this is the young and the restless. Exactly. It sounds anyway. like uh, Lord of the Rings. Is this Lord of the Rings? No. But anyway, so the story goes. Well, anyway, he tells her. He says, "Well, uh, before uh, before you go, I just want to tell you to take good care of my eyes." Because I, I, I was the one who donated this to you. And of course, what's the story telling her? Like he, 
he went all out to restore her sight for her, but when she had to do the same thing for him, he described she couldn't handle it, so she went. I think what they should have done well, is each one of them kept one eye. Huh? Yeah, where's the story from? 